Open your Bible anywhere. It's all good. Amen. It's all the Word of God. Every Word of God is pure. Thank God for that. And God has preserved every word for us. When you come across something that you don't understand, and you might even think, well, that looks like a contradiction. Just always remember, it's just your lack of understanding. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God. If you find when you read it that there's something wrong, brother, there's something wrong with you. It's the Word of God, and it is, it is pure, and it is powerful, and there's just nothing like it. And I thank God for churches like this one who are staying with the King James Bible. There are many churches today departing from the King James, and many preachers today who are doing that. Some Bible colleges are doing that, going away from the King James. And uh, it's a tragedy. And it's a sign of the days we're living in. It's just—it's a, a work of Satan to deceive people, and get them away from the true Word of God. Uh, someone said the devil's much too smart to just come out, you know, and try to tell people there is no Bible, there's no Word of God, you know, don't believe it. No, he's too subtle for that. He's like a serpent. So his tactic has been now for several decades in America is to just come to inspire people, you know, God inspires people, but the devil does too. And he's inspired people to come out with these new versions and and change the words until finally he's gotten pretty bold lately. You know, with the NIV, he doesn't just change words, he takes out entire verses. Entire verses out of the Word of God. My friend, we better stay with the King James. All you need is a good Bible dictionary. That's all you need. You'll come across words we don't use today, but they used them back in 1611 when this was translated. When, when by the way, the English language was in its purest form back in the 1600s. That's when the English language... The English language today is deteriorating. I mean, we've become a slang language. Today, English has. And you go over to England, Great Britain... And you find that. They, they still speak real English over there. And we've become slang people here. But, uh, you know, when the English language was at its purest, God had it translated for the world, knowing that uh, most of the world, you know, the desired language today in the world is English. People want to speak English. We've got our Spanish friends here. There's nothing more beautiful than Spanish. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more beautiful than the Spanish language but the world, I mean, you can go to Iran. You can go to Afghanistan. I guarantee you, there are people there learning to speak English. There are people there who desire to speak English. I mean, did anybody hear Netanyahu's uh, speech before the Senate uh, when he came over? The Prime Minister of Israel. The man speaks perfect English. <laughs> and he's a, he's a Jew. And so, thank God uh, for the King James Bible. Turn with me to Philippians Chapter 4, and I've got some good news for you. I'm not long-winded. At least I'm sure not going to be this afternoon. And uh, I don't want to wear you out. Uh, I'd, I'd rather you leave here today and say, I wish you'd preached a little longer than, than to leave here and say, I thought you'd never get done. <laughs> I've, le- I've left like that before. <laughs> I, have. I have. I mean, I've heard some preachers. They got done, but they didn't quit. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to be guilty of that. May the Lord have mercy on me. I turn to Philippians chapter four. 
One of my favorite, favorite books in the Bible is Philippians. And, and it's what, like you said, Brother Tommy, this is an encouraging book. I like encouraging people. My mom was an encourager. She was. My mom, I mean, she was a flatterer. Now, the flattery is not good. And I, I pray, Lord, help me not to flatter people. I take after my mom. And I pray, Lord, don't let me flatter people. And Lord, don't let me believe flattery when it comes my way. Don't let me believe it. But my mom, she'd come up, you know, uh, just about to any preacher and say, that's the best message I ever heard. <laughs> I mean, she heard a thousand. Uh, she probably said that I don't know how many times. But she was just trying to encourage somebody. And I thank God. My mom encouraged me. My mom... Uh, she was just a remarkable woman, and she's gone on to heaven now, been in heaven three years. But when mom was in her last six months of her life, she was suffering from osteoporosis, arthritis, dementia, heart trouble. I mean, my mom, just her health, she was at 92 years old, and her health just started going like that. And you know, I had prayed before, I, my dad was already in heaven. And I've got two older brothers, much older than me, and they have their own health problems. No sisters. And I prayed a prayer. I said, Dear Lord, please let me take care of my mother. You know what, Brother T.C.? I didn't know what I was asking. I didn't know what I was asking. I said, Lord, let me take care of my mother. Uh, Mom, she, she was bent over like this, and uh, she would just cry, and she'd say... <laughs> She'd say, just put me in a nursing home. I don't want to be a burden on you and your family. Just put me in a nursing home. And uh, I know she didn't mean that. You know what? She didn't mean that. Elderly people will say that because they don't want to be a burden. But my friend, they don't mean that. Who, who would not want to be with their loved ones, be, live with their family, live with their children? And so I, I wouldn't do that. But... I had to I had to uh, cancel some meetings. I had to call preachers. Sometimes mom would be well enough that I could hire somebody to stay with her. We'd go on a, a two or three day trip. And then sometimes she was so bad that I couldn't leave her. My dear wife, oh my, my wife stood by me. I could not have done it if my wife had not stood by me. But... Uh, you know, I had to call preachers sometimes say, Preacher, I'm sorry, I can't come. I'm taking care of my mother. And I, I just can't make it. And I hated that so bad. And to, to call any preacher and cancel, I had never had to cancel hardly ever before. But I canceled several preachers in those six months. But I want to tell you, when God said, Honor thy father and thy mother, God meant that. And when God said that your days may be long upon the earth, you know, that's one of the commandments. Really, it's called the only commandment with promise. The first commandment with promise. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. God said, if you'll take care of your... If you'll honor your parents, God said, I'll bless you. I will bless you. My friend, I saw that firsthand. As I took care of mom, I had to cancel meetings. And this was about three, three to four years ago. I've seen, I've gone to the mailbox. I guess this is the most remarkable thing. <laughs> I went to the mailbox one day, and you know, when you cancel a meeting, you're an evangelist, you cancel your love offering. You cancel your income. 
And we do have a few churches that, that send us something. Very few. I've never asked for it, never expected it. But a few churches send us something every month. But, you know, we couldn't live on that. And, and there's still rent to pay, bills to pay, insurance to pay, food to buy, all that. And uh, I went to the mailbox and I pulled out an envelope. And I opened it up and it was a check for $1,400. And it was from a church that was meeting in a two-car garage. A little old church. And they didn't even have a building. They only had about 15 people. And, and here's what the pastor said. He said, this, this came uh, to our church. He, he said it was an anonymous gift from a farmer who said he sold some crops and sent this to us. And he said, our church voted unanimously to send it to you. They just sent that church check right on to me. $1,400. God blessed us. I mean, we paid bills, bought groceries, had a time. and uh, But God blessed us. I could tell you many other ways. God took care of us. But I, I thank God I had a mother like that. But you know, some of you, maybe you didn't. Some of you, maybe you didn't have a mother who loved the Lord and a mother who was positive, encouraging. A lot of people don't. And I say to you, if you didn't grow up in a home like that, break the chain. <laughs> break the chain and become a positive person. Become an encouraging person. Philippians chapter 4 is a great passage of Scripture. And I'll read just a few verses here. Let's stand together as we read. We'll honor the Word of God and also help everybody stay awake. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That word careful means full of care, worried. Be worried or careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank You, Lord, for meeting with us this morning. Thank You, Lord, for the Sunday school lesson. Help us to remember that, Lord, especially when we have to deal with weak brothers and sisters. Help us to be a blessing and not a burden. And Lord, thank You for the message uh, this morning. That we're made in the image of God. We need to love one another, respect one another, honor one another, and be a blessing to one another. And Lord, I, I pray that that message would not be forgotten. And thank You for it. Thank You for the fine meal, Lord. All the good cooks and all the good food that we had, Lord. There are people in other countries today that with a handful of rice, that's all they have. There are people in other countries today, Lord, that may have to eat the bark off of a tree or some kind of a plant just to stay alive. And Lord, You gave us a feast. You gave us a banquet today. We thank You for it. 
And Lord, we thank You now for this service. Thank You, dear God, for this opportunity to preach. And I pray now You'd help me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Now, if somebody next to you, they start going over, then uh, you've got my permission now as the preacher here uh, to just reach over and just, just slap them on the face and say, Wake up! You need to hear the Word of God. Amen? All right. Uh, by the way, let's just... I, I won't be able to preach all this message today. I'm going to hit the high spots of it. But I'd rather preach to you while you're still awake before you fall asleep. If a man gets up at this hour and preaches... 30 or 40 minutes, probably some people will not make it. And so I'm aiming at 20 minutes. I'm aiming at 20 minutes. But uh, just turn with me. I think it's worth the time if we turn to Proverbs chapter 15 and just be reminded of some verses that you know are in the Word of God, but uh, sometimes we forget and sometimes we just put things on the back burner. But I want my message today is entitled... Staying up in a world that's going down. Staying up. And we need to stay up. We need to stay encouraged. We need to keep the joy of the Lord. We don't need to get depressed. We don't need to get down. And and I read the other day where, you know, everybody's going to have adversity. And we, we don't have any choice about, uh, you know, the devil throwing things our way, fiery darts. And, and we'll all walk through valleys. But depression is a choice. Depression is... If you're depressed, you have chosen to live that way. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to be depressed. And I know some people have had some depressing things happen to them. But you don't have to live that way. We can stay up in a world that's going down. And this whole world needs to see Christians who still have the joy of the Lord. Now, look at chapter 15, Proverbs, and verse 13... A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Uh, the, the, the word countenance means the expression on your face. And the Bible says a merry heart will give you a cheerful expression on your face. We need that. We need, the world needs to see that. I've seen some men that they had the joy of the Lord. We used to have a song leader in our church in Kentucky named Randall Farmer. And Randall, he didn't know, he didn't know how to do this. He never learned that. You know, he didn't know the motions. Randall would stand there with a songbook in one hand, and, and he was in the Navy, and I guess Navy men put one arm behind them like this when they're standing at attention or something. But I noticed he'd do that, and our pastor, both of them were Navy men, and they'd put their arm behind them like that sometime. But Brother Randall would stand there sometime and, and be singing a song like, What a Day That Will Be. What a Day That Will Be. And Brother Randall would stand there leading us in that song. He had a big, big face. big, wide face. He was kind of a big man. And uh, I'm telling you, he'd, he'd sing that song. He'd have a smile on his face. The joy of the Lord just bubbling out of him. And you'd almost swear he was looking into heaven while he was singing that song. He'd just get happy. Sometimes the tears of joy would flow down his face. And I, I said before, I said, you know, we ought to get a picture of Brother Randall and put it on billboards all over America and just put underneath it the joy of the Lord. 
I think it'd make people want to get saved. To see that kind of a joy. And uh, one, one little girl said about a man, she said, you know what, I think he's so happy. I, he must go to heaven every night. Because he's so happy every morning. He was a teacher. He was a principal in the school. said, he must go to heaven every night. He's so happy. Well, you know what, I can't go to heaven every night. And uh, you can't either. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can go to the Word of God every morning. And we can go to God in prayer and spend some time with the Lord every morning and get the joy of the Lord and maintain the joy of the Lord. Here's a merry heart. And we find it again in verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil. I am having trouble. My saliva glands are working overtime. Still thinking about that Mexican food and that, and that lasagna. I tell you, I'm having trouble. But that was so good. All the food was good. Everything I put in my mouth. Uh, verse 15, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, we had a physical feast down there today, a material feast today. That was a feast, my friend, and I enjoyed it very much. But this is talking about another kind of a feast. Really, a continual feast, I believe, of the goodness of God, of the joy of the Lord, of the presence of God. We can have a continual feast if we have a merry heart. And uh, then, one more time it's mentioned, in chapter 17... And verse number 22, it says, A merry heart, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse 22, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And I've met people with that merry heart that did good like a medicine, but I've also met people with a broken spirit. And I know Christians. I know them. They live with a broken spirit. My friend, we don't have to. We don't have to. We'll have things that will break us. We'll have things that will break our hearts as we go through this life. But we don't have to have a broken spirit. We need to stay up in this world that's going down. I could preach a while on how the world's going down. My friend, all you've got to do is turn on the news. All you've got to do is pick up a newspaper and you see it. This world is going down. And I know I, I, I would like for it to get better, but it's not getting better. And, but, and the Bible predicted it. The Bible predicts that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And the Bible tells us beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's coming a day, there will be a one world government. In order for that to happen, America is going to have to either be obliterated or will be reduced down to the level of all the other nations. We won't be the superpower. There's going to be a one world government and all the nations of this world are going to turn against Israel. I've hoped against hope that America would not do that. I prayed that we would not. I prayed, Lord, help us to stand by Israel. But you can see it and I can see it. We're not standing by Israel. We have a president now who's not standing with Israel and and uh, I hope we get a better president, to be honest with you. I hope we get a better one in the next election. But I've come to the conclusion, politics are not the answer. Have you come to that conclusion? I mean, what ha- something happened. We elect, a, man, we elect a, a Republican. They stand. They have the right platform, anyway, that's closer to the Bible. And we elect them, but something happens when they get sworn in. They also go into an operating room and they remove their backbone. 
They seem like they don't have any backbone. They, they tell you what they're going to do, what they're going to stand for, and then when time comes, they just cave in and act like everybody else. So politics is not the answer. No, here, here's the answer, my friend. If there's any hope for America, my, my people, God says, my people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves, and if they pray, and if we will seek God's face, and if we will turn from our wicked ways, then God said, I'll heal the land. I'll heal the land. It's up to God's people. You say, but we're just a minority. I know it. But I read my Bible, and I read about a lot of minorities. I mean, the Israelites... They were outnumbered so many times. They were greatly outnumbered. And you read about Gideon's little army, greatly outnumbered. And you read about David and Goliath. He was greatly outsized. But I'm telling you, one man and God make a majority. And one, one, uh, we're a remnant. That's what we are in America today. We are a remnant. And independent Baptists who believe and stay with the King James Bible, we're a remnant of the remnant of Christians in America. But I'm telling you, God's eye is on the remnant. God's eye is on His people. And if we will walk with God and and live the victorious life, exalt the Lord Jesus, we don't know what God might do for this country. He's allowed us to keep our freedom this long, and I thank God for it. I don't want to be depressing today, but I think we all realize we live in a world that's going down. But we don't have to go down with it. Amen? Now, the first thing I want to mention... And staying up, if we want to stay up, and let me just say this, without turning to the verses, normally I'll turn to these verses, but you know, you you can find in the Bible where somebody, they were hanging on somebody else. Somebody in the Bible was blessed because of somebody else. And uh, we could go through Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace, but then his whole family was saved in the ark. Amen. Noah found grace and God saved his whole family. We find that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of Sodom. Now, Lot had become like the Sodomites. I don't think he was a Sodomite, but he sat in the gate and he fellowshiped and he called them brethren. But when it came time for God to destroy Sodom, he got Lot out of there. Why did he take Lot out of there? God remembered Abraham. And blessed Lot. I mean, it's over and over. Laban said to Jacob, The Lord hath blessed me for thy sake, Jacob. And when, when Joseph went down into Egypt, he said to his brethren, he said, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity and to save your lives. I mean, those brothers and, and Jacob and all of his family, they were saved from dying in the famine because of Joseph. I want to say to you today, my friend, somebody's hanging on you. Somebody's depending on you. You might say, oh, nobody's depending on me. Yes, they are. Somebody's watching you. What about those you've witnessed to? What about those you prayed for? What about those you've invited to church? My friend, if you go down, then all those invitations, all your influence, it goes down. And that person's likely to go to hell. Somebody's hanging on you. Family, neighbors, people who watch you. One time my pastor in Kentucky was walking through a Walmart. He said he walked down, up this aisle, down this aisle, up. He said he noticed somebody, every time he looked around, somebody was standing there at the end of the aisle. 
And finally, he said he looked around, he made eye contact with this person, and a, and a young boy walked up, a young man. He said, and this young man said, I've just been following you through the store. He admired our pastor, he admired him, and he said, I've just been following you through the store. Now, that seems kind of strange, but that's what he was doing. And what if he had stopped and looked at a bad magazine? What if he had stopped and looked at a bad DVD? You know, this, here's this young man following him. My friend, we'd be surprised who's following us. We'd be surprised who we have an influence on. So we need to stay up. Now, I'm going to hit these points at about 90 miles an hour with gusts up to 120. So, you stay with me, alright? Number one, and these won't be long, two or three minutes apiece. Number one, if we want to stay up in a world that's going down, my friend, meet with God every morning. I could preach the rest of the message on that. Meet with God. In fact, my wife could tell you that I, there's a message I preach called Meet with God in the Morning. It's called The Morning. And I've preached it over a hundred times in different churches around the nation. I've preached that message over one hundred times because really, honestly, I don't know of anything greater you can do as a Christian. I don't know of anything more effective, more productive, more powerful than to just simply get out of bed and get your Bible and, and let God speak to you and, and get on your knees. Yes, I said get on your knees and say, I don't have to be on my knees to pray. You're exactly right, but there's something about it. There's something about getting down on your knees, humbling yourself before God. And when you do that, you're in good company. You're in the company of Jesus, Paul, Daniel, Solomon. I mean, on and on. These men you'll find in the Bible where they knelt down and they talked to God and prayed to the Lord. Get, get with God in the morning. Meet with God. I, I could take you back into the Old Testament where the Israelites, as they were going through the wilderness, they were called the church in the wilderness, and the Israelites, the Bible says God fed them in the morning. That manna came in the morning. God spoke to them from Mount Sinai. They heard the voice of God and they heard it in the morning. Check it out. God said, come to the mountain, come in the morning. Moses said, Lord, show me thy glory. And God said, there will be a place by me. You, I'll put my hand over you. I'll pass by. I'll put you in the cliff to the rock. And you can see my back parts. Remember that story? What you may not remember is this. God said, come up in the morning. Come up in the morning. Come up in the, on the mountain in the morning. And God uh, wanted incense burnt in the morning. God said, offer a sacrifice in the morning. And there's so many things God did to, to be an example to you and me. God wants to feed us in the morning. God wants to prepare us for the day. I could give you quote after quote, example after example of men of God, all the greatest men, they met with God in the morning. The great men of God, the great women of God, they got up and met with God in the morning. Now, the pastor's wife, she's like the little old woman that lived in the shoe and had so many children, she didn't know what to do. I know, it's not easy. Our daughter's in the same boat. Our daughter, her children are four, three, two, and one. But you know what? Our daughter still knows she's got to get up and meet with God. She learned that. I don't know, she probably heard me preach 70 of those times <laughs> out of the hundred, meet with God in the morning. She knows she's got to do that. Well, I could preach on that the rest of the day, but I want to move on. If we want to stay up in a world that's going down, what's number one? Meet with God in the 
Meet with God in the morning. All right. Amen. I thought my hearing was going bad there. All right. Uh, number two, if you want to stay up, don't live in the land of bad news. Don't live in the land of bad news. America is news crazy. We have become news crazy. Now, Pastor, I hope I don't hit you today. Because last Sunday I preached this and, and I hit the... I hit the pastor of the church. <laughs> he got up and confessed. But uh, I, I've preached this before. Uh, you know, don't get caught in the current uh, of this nation and the way that it's going. You say, I, well, I need to be informed. Amen. We need to be informed. We need to know something. But my friend, we don't need to know everything that's going on in this world. And you can become so informed that you're deformed. That's the truth. You can get so informed you become depressed. There are people today, they, they won't miss the news. They watch every drop of the news. Then they want to hear what Rush Limbaugh has to say about everything, what Sean Hannity has to say about everything, what uh, Mark Levin has to say about everything. My friend, at the end of the day, two things are going to be absolutely clear if that's your life. You're going to be depressed and you're going to hate Hillary. <laughs> now that's for sure. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. If, if that's your schedule. Now... <laughs> Uh, don't live in the land of bad news. I preached this in a, in a church, and a man came up to me, and he was a grim man. He was a dark, uh, just a, kind of a dark, turned man, you know, just, he had depression on, he, on his countenance. And he came up to me and he said, I live in the land of bad news. He's retired, his wife was working, he was at home, and so all, I guess all he did all day was, you know, watch that television and, and turn to the news channel. I was in a home one time, and a, and a man, I was trying to visit this man, witness to this man. This man had on a program about solving murders, where somebody got murdered, and they're trying to recreate the crime, and they just keep showing the same pictures, the same crime scene, the same victim, the same knife, the same face, over and over again. I was about to go crazy sitting in that man's house. And that man was sitting there consuming that day after day. Need I tell you, he was a negative man. He was a crab. And uh, don't live in the land of bad news. By the way, remember our verses in Philippians? Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and a good report, think on these things. Listen, get some news. We need to be informed, but get it in small doses. And I'm not preaching totally against uh, Limbaugh and, and Hannity. You know, they, they, they are conservatives. But uh, I'm telling you, don't feast on that. Don't feast on that. You will listen to three hours of that and read your Bible five minutes. There's something wrong. Getting the Word of God. There's so many things to distract us today. So many things. I mean, more than any generation's ever had. Did you ever dream we'd live in a world where people were actually absolutely captivated and controlled by a telephone. When I was a boy, we had a phone. Big deal. Once in a while, somebody called. Some of you may be old enough to even remember when there was a party line. <laughs> and you, you, know, you had to wait. Somebody else was on the same line you were. And, uh, but, you know, if the telephone rang, big deal. You know, somebody was calling. But today, people absolutely live with their phones open. I mean, they they got uh, internet on their phone, they've got computers on their phone, they've got their everything's on their phone, and plus all the texting and all the Twitter and all all that. Listen, it may not all be of the devil, 
But I'm telling you what, it, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. And we need to spend more time in the Word of God, more time in prayer. Well, these last two, I'll just throw them out very quickly. If we want to stay up, we've got to choose cheerful companions. Amen? You know what? The Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And I believe we could adapt that, and God wouldn't mind a bit. He that walketh with happy men or women shall be, ha- be, be more likely to be happy. He that walketh with spiritual men and spiritual women will be more likely to have a spiritual mind. He that walketh with negative people... Now, we all have to deal with negative people. We all have to counsel with them. We have to pray with them. I had to do that Wednesday night after our service. Our pastor was busy. He asked me to deal with a very depressing situation in the church. And we all have to deal with that once in a while. But my friend, don't make them your companions. Don't let that be the main part of your fellowship. Choose cheerful companions. You say, Brother Hepley, I'm married. I can't get out of it. I've got to live with this man. Or I've got to live with this woman. And they're a crab. Well, pray for them. Get on your knees and pray. And say, God, have mercy. And get this CD and take it to them. <laughs> All right. Now, the last one. If we're going to stay up and the world is going down, we've got to listen to the right kind of music. And this is not a commercial because we got CDs. I always, I always dread this because they, people say, yeah, he's got CDs out there. He wants to sell them. You know what? I'm not selling them. They're for an offering. They are. They're out there for an offering. And just whatever you'd like to give, we want to get the music out. But, you know, there. I know, I know your pastor preaches on this. It's controversial. But God's people, the Christian people today, are listening to the world's music. They really are. I mean, if you listen to Limbaugh and Hannity, you're going to hear quite a bit of rock music as they come off, on and go off, come on and go off. And commercials are filled with rock and country music. A lot of people today, a lot of people are, are listening to country music. My friend, it'll bring you down. It will. It will, it will invite a spirit that you don't want in your life, in your home, or in your mind. Uh, old King Saul, in 1 Samuel 16, we don't have time to turn there and look at it, but Saul, an evil spirit would come upon Saul. I mean, he'd get so mad and so angry and so frustrated that he, he always kept a spear in his hand. He would throw that spear. He threw it twice at David. He threw it once at his own son. He was trying to kill people. This evil spirit would come upon him. So you know what the remedy was? Music. (laughs) His servant said, let's find a man who can play on the harp skillfully. They got David. (laughs) They got David back before he became a national figure. David came. But you know what? Even then, David was a man after God's own heart. I'm sure the music that he played was religious I'm sure it was spiritual music playing on that harp, and it was beautiful music. And the Bible plainly says that when he played the harp, the evil spirit departed from Saul. But my friend, here's the other side of the coin. If there's a music that will drive away evil spirits, there's a music that will attract evil spirits. There's a music that will bring them to you. There's a music that will draw in a spirit that you don't want to deal with. And, 
And my friend, we just got to stay away from the world's music. I know you're walking through Walmart or the dollar store. They're blasting this stuff down. I just try to go through the store singing Amazing Grace or something. And But don't listen to it if it's your choice. Stay with God's music. Listen, and, listen to music that will make you want to praise God. Listen to music that will make you want to tell somebody about Jesus. Listen to music that will keep you up and not let you get down. Let's bow our heads. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If anybody fell asleep, I didn't see it. And I'm, I'm thankful for that.